Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. His bark is worse than his bite. This is The Roy Green Show. Next hour, I'm going to play back for you my interview with Charles Krauthammer, which we recorded in 2014. Um, After he released his book, Things That Matter, Mr. Krauthammer died on Thursday. And uh, just a remarkable, remarkable man who received a lot of his education in Canada, in Montreal, went to high school in Montreal and McGill University as a psychiatrist, an actual clinical psychiatrist, and a tremendous analyst of uh, what was going on in the world. One of the things I asked him about, remember it was 2014, I asked him about Keystone Pipeline. You, uh, I think, will be interested in what he had to say. Now, very soon, legalizing of recreational marijuana use in Canada is going to be the law. And for so many years, I've been quoting Lenny Bruce, who in the 1950s or 60s said, uh, Do you want to know why marijuana is going to be legal soon? And tell you why, because all the law students are smoking it now. But it took took a long time. And so 2018 is going to be the year the legalization of recreational marijuana use in Canada is just around the proverbial corner. Joining me is Julian Fantino, executive chairman of uh, Alifi Health, a medical cannabis company, and the former commissioner of the Ontario Provincial Police, Toronto Chief of Police and London, Ontario Chief of Police. I didn't, uh, Julian. Thank you for joining us. I didn't get the name of the uh, the company. I didn't pronounce it correctly. What is it? It's Alifia, Roy. Alifia. Uh, yes, basically focused on medical cannabis uh, right now. Yeah, and that's the uh, that, that really is a is a major trend where people are trying medical cannabis for any number of ailments uh, with you know with individual levels of success. But there's a great interest in this. Well, it's been legal for a dozen or more years, and uh, more and more people are turning to it where conventional medicine does not seem to be able to help them out with such things as chronic pain, sleep deprivation, anxiety, post-traumatic stress. So uh, my first exposure to all of this was with our veterans and uh, uh, some of the help that they were seeking with alternate uh, medical intervention, if you will, and uh, turning to medically prescribed cannabis uh, really helped them a great deal. And you, of course, were the Federal Minister of Veterans Affairs. So the difference between the medical cannabis and what's going to be available for personal consumption is quite significant. Uh, you know, you don't get a high from medical cannabis. There'll be a certain amount of that uh, with, the, uh, with the, the recreational stuff. How much of a challenge is the different approaches, Julian, being taken on uh, the sale of marijuana by different provinces. Province A has this approach, Province B has that one, and Province C takes a completely different approach. Well, it's a bit confusing, actually. Uh, The federal government, uh, in its right and entitlement and authority, have uh, decreed the legalization, and and, uh, the actual implementation of all of that was left to the provinces and the territories. So what you really have is you have uh, individual uh, approaches 
uh, that have been or are being put in place to deal with the legalization issue, but more to do with the actual distribution of, uh, of, uh, of marijuana. In the medical side, it's, it's quite different, actually. The gatekeeper is always a medical doctor. Uh, he or she uh, do an assessment. They look at the individual as they do with every other ailment and uh, make the determination whether or not that person is a good subject to be helped uh, with medical cannabis. So, But the recreational thing right now is, is a bit confusing to a lot of people, no doubt. Uh, but, you know, as with every new piece of legislation, uh, things do shake out eventually. Would taking more time for the legislation, and quite a few people were recommending this, would taking more time for the legislation have been advisable or... Did they take enough time? I think it's a good thing to do. Uh, these are very complex issues. Uh, the the complications uh, extend far and wide. Obviously, you've heard uh, uh, the issues uh, that are pertinent to law enforcement, for instance. Uh, the new piece of legislation, Bill, Bill uh, C-46, that uh, just passed uh, enacting new uh, authorities for the police, and of course, new uh, new technologies as well. Uh, but you know, eventually, the courts will have to deal with so much of this as they did with uh, uh, in, uh, alcohol impaired driving. So, uh, taking time, I think, in this circumstance with such a complex piece of legislation and so many uh, issues that impact, I think, is a good thing. Driving under the influence. I'll talk about C forty six. The, uh, the, the I think part of the Supreme Court's going to probably get involved very early as well as quickly as Supreme Court's got involved, but that will be where police don't have to have any suspicion that someone's driving impaired in order to stop the motorist and to insist on a breathalyzer uh, test. That's going to be a that's going to be something somebody will challenge very quickly. Oh, absolutely, Roy. I was around for all of the issues that uh, that became uh, part of the scene with respect to. Uh, alcohol-impaired driving, the, the alcohol testers, the authorities of the police, when you can do this, when you can do that. It's going to be the same kind of up-and-down the court system situation uh, long before this thing settles. So uh, going back to your earlier comment, which I think is valid, uh, taking time in these circumstances uh, to do things as best as you can up front, anticipating as one should, uh, the challenges that are going to happen uh, is a good thing, and hopefully uh, that can be done in 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 a way that will prevent a lot of uh, anxiety and, and difficulties later. Is there something, Julian, in particular that we have learned from jurisdictions where marijuana has been legalized, which we can and perhaps should apply to Canada? Well, absolutely, and and that has been part of the situation as well. There's been the the marijuana the legalization uh, task force uh, put in place by the prime minister uh, they did a lot of work in fact my colleague uh, with Alicia uh, Raf Sukar former uh, deputy commissioner of the RCMP uh, was one of those members and they traveled widely and they did the research they did the 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 kind of uh, in depth uh, analysis of, of consequences uh, uh, issues. And, uh, and in that regard, uh, we hope that uh, some of those things will preempt uh, difficulties here, but there will be difficulties, no doubt, as, as we always know with new pieces of legislation. Mm-hmm. Well, people will be driving high, and there will have accidents, and people will die because somebody's driven uh, high. Uh, is the law sufficiently developed 
to address the situation as well as it does driving under the influence of alcohol? Not quite, uh, Roy. Uh, you know, that you raise a good point because, for instance, in regards to alcohol uh, impaired driving, we have intoxilizers, we had roadside screening devices, the technology is there, it's been up and down the courts. Uh, there isn't such a technology in place uh, presently, and, and there's a lot of work being done in that area to hopefully come up with a screening device that will, in fact, uh, help deal with us. But, you know, not to be commenting about the science associated with all of this, but there's some inherent difficulties uh, and differences as well between uh, alcohol uh, in the body and, and marijuana in the body sort of thing. Uh, so there's issues there that need to be dealt with. Uh, this will be a long time uh, being dealt with uh, on all of these different issues. And, and like I say, the technology is not quite there yet. So uh, there's a lot of challenges uh, facing us. And that's why I, I feel quite comfortable in the things that we're doing in the medical side. And I, I do wish that the government, when they're finished and done with the recreational piece, uh, that they will focus their time, energy, and resources to develop the rigor around medical cannabis so as so many more people can be helped uh, with the medicine. Well, to share with us, please, what is happening as far as the development of medical cannabis is concerned? What are some of the things that, uh, that, 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 you're, that you're planning on being able to address? Uh, what are some of the specific successes that point to medical cannabis as a, as, as a viable answer when conventional medicine perhaps doesn't provide that solution? Well, one of the things that we're doing with uh, Alethea and the, the patients that we have uh, in the system now, uh, we're doing studies that uh, will help people get off of opiates, uh, Percocet, Oxycontin, uh, fentanyl, all those kinds of issues. And, and it's remarkable, really, what we're seeing so far. But at some point in time, I believe that, uh, as with every other drug that's developed and tested, Eventually, the the uh, health uh, ministry have to designate and authorize the 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 substance or the medicine with a drug identification number. That's not quite the case yet with uh, medical cannabis, uh, but there's uh, there's that issue, and there's some people that are uh, finding tremendous amount of help uh, with uh, their ailments, uh, right down to children who uh, are suffering from epilepsy, people post cancer treatment. Uh, scenarios, uh, post-traumatic uh, stress uh, and anxiety issues, certainly a lot with pain management. And, and like I mentioned to you, Roy, uh, I found my, my conversion was basically during my time with Veterans Affairs. I mean, we didn't do everything well there, obviously, but uh, we did quite a number of things that, uh, that are helping veterans. And, and we're looking at how first responders can be helped, too, uh, the, the police, fire, and EMS uh, scenario. So, Getting people of opiates, I think, is a huge, huge advantage, but also being more effective in, in treating some of these ailments that uh, people are suffering from. Julian, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Executive Chairman of Alefia, that's A-L-E-A-F-I-A, uh, Medical Cannabis and Health Company. I'm sure we'll be talking again. Thank you, Julian. Okay, Roy, all the best. All thank the best you. to you. Julian Fantino, the uh, former Veterans Affairs Minister and former OPP Commissioner, Ontario Provincial Police Commissioner and Chief of Police in Toronto, Chief of Police in London, Ontario. Uh, when we come back, Global News has been running a series on Generation Z. 
and what it is Generation Z is all about, what it is they like, what they don't like, how they feel about aspects of living. And I find it very interesting that Generation Z considers today's technology to be just an extension of themselves. It's just it's always there. It's always there. It's just an extension of self. Meanwhile, other folks are saying, what do I do with this app? Anyway, we'll come back and we'll, uh, we'll hear some of, the, uh, some of what they've heard from Generation Z. It's a global news series. Stay with us.